Yo, first mini cast of 2020, we got out of the cold with Dr. Mariah Hughes. Hit it. Welcome to Solving Healthcare. I'm Quedro Caramante. I'm an ICU and palliative care physician here in Ottawa and the founder of Resource Optimization Network. We are on a mission to transform healthcare in Canada. I'm going to talk with physicians, nurses, administrators, patients, and their families because inefficiencies, overwork, and overcrowding affects us all. I believe it's time for a better healthcare system that's more cost-effective, dignified, and just for everyone involved. Before jumping into it, I want to tell you about our sponsors. First one, BetterHelp.com. I said it once, I'll say it again. Awesome company that provides accessible, affordable, and convenient professional counseling at your disposal. You can access them through video chat, through texting, through email, whatever is convenient for you. BetterHelp is there. And if you want to reach out, they're at betterhelp.com and use the promo code Solving Healthcare to get a 10% discount. Those guys are balling. Our other sponsor is the Millionaire's Lawyer podcast hosted by my man, J.P. McAvoy, business lawyer, entrepreneur. Let me tell you something. J.P. throws down, okay? J.P.'s main focus is on how to grow your business. So he talks to leading experts about this. But what I love about his show is that he talks about innovation and how personal growth can also make you better at whatever you choose to do. So I'll, I'll point y'all towards episodes 33 with Helen Kayan, which is about all about innovation and the concepts that totally apply to healthcare on how we should be thinking outside the box, how we shouldn't be killing any novel ideas and really focus on what our goal is in front of us. So I'm a big fan of JP show. Uh, you can check him out at jpmacavoy.com and uh, thanks for sponsoring the show. All right, so today's guest, I'll give you a bit of a background story. So I'm sitting at the Department of Medicine award ceremonies in December, and they're giving out this award to this resident who is coordinating a clinic called Out of the Cold, where they feed homeless people and see them for free to talk about health promotion and talk about preventative care take blood pressure checks, check their blood sugars. And I'm like, man, this is beautiful. Really, you know, working towards making our community better, working with the vulnerable patient population. And I'm like, we need to celebrate this. Like similar to episode nine with Jeffrey Tumbrell, Mariah Hughes. She's a third year resident in internal medicine, future infectious disease doc. She'll be going to Toronto to become an infectious disease doctor. And she coordinates this clinic and they see patients once a week during winter months, once again, to feed and to see these patients. And I, I'm just so proud of what they do at the clinic. And this is 30 trainees that help coordinate this, you know, and they take time out of their busy schedule to make sure that people are getting great care. So I, I, I'm just so proud of what they're doing, and this show is all about them. So without further ado, Dr. Mariah Hughes, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am wonderful. We are actually ending our day in the ICU. It's been a pretty busy 
time over the holidays, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's been it's been a busy couple of days for sure. Yeah, but uh, we're surviving. Um, I saw you getting an award at the holiday party at the for the Department of Medicine here in Ottawa. And when I heard about the program that you're coordinating, I was ultra proud and thought this was such a great endeavor that we need to we needed to talk about. It. I was like, she needs to come on the show, yo. So why don't you tell us <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about the program? Yeah, so um the Department of Medicine, I guess the Internal Medicine Program, has a clinic that we run called Out of the Cold, and that's uh, mostly a preventative health clinic. It's been going on now since about 2016. We do every Saturday from November to March, so the coldest months of the year, we work in conjunction with the Knox Presbyterian Church. They have a hot meal that they serve every Saturday to people who are uh, vulnerable or relatively underserved. And uh, we have started to operate this preventative health clinic in conjunction with that. Wow. And and in terms of the, like, what's a normal clinic day like? Yeah. So we, the clinic starts in the evening. We run for about an hour and a half. And during this time, the the uh, hot meal itself will serve about 200 people wow. in the evening. And uh, we see anywhere, depends on the day, but anywhere between 5 to 15, up to 20 people, uh, mostly on a drop-in basis. So they know that we're there. We've been there for a couple of years now, and they just kind of come in as they see fit. And if they have questions or concerns, they come and chat with us. Wow. And you get, so you get a chance to fully examine them if need be have conversations about preventative medicine. So it's fairly interactive. Yeah, we usually have uh, anywhere between two to four residents available, internal medicine residents. And uh, we have some limited kind of basic supplies. So we have stethoscopes and blood pressure cuffs, thermometers. We have some basic wound care supplies and a lot of information. And uh, we don't have any formal clinic space, but we do have usually tables and chairs. So we can do kind of a, a bedside assessment if we need to. Amazing. Amazing. And this runs every week. And what to run such a clinic, what what kind of like costs are associated with it? So it's it's actually pretty cheap to run. The biggest cost we have is really time. It's resident time. We have about 35 residents that help rotate through wow. through the internal medicine program. And then we're supported by uh, the Department of Medicine and, and our program director uh, with only about probably a couple hundred dollars a year worth of supplies. The biggest thing being when we need new blood pressure cuffs or various things. We've been fortunate to have a lot of different donations uh, mm. for... Um, personal hygiene products. We've had a lot of donations of that kind of stuff and some old equipment as well. Stethoscopes, autoscopes mm-hmm. have been donated to us. Beautiful, beautiful. And what do you think the impact is in terms of having such a clinic? Like we talked to Jeffrey Turnbull a few weeks back about treating like his clinic and, and seeing the vulnerable patient population and how much patients they see in emerge traffic that they see on a daily basis, it was pretty, pretty powerful hearing uh, the the impact they're having. How do you get a sense from either from stories your patients are telling you, or from any other source? Like, what's the impact? 
Yeah. So we actually, very good timing after I spoke to you the other day, we got a letter from the church coordinator mm. uh, just expressing her appreciation basically of everything that we've done. And she's had a lot of comments recently about attendees who uh, find that this is very, very nice to have. As we know, it's very difficult to get access to a primary care physician mm-hmm. or to see a specialist. So this gives them a place where they are. They are. We're meeting them where they are to provide medical care. Mm-hmm. And I think that in itself has probably diverted a lot of visits to the emergency department, especially for non-urgent types of things that we can deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have the ability to refer to specialists from the clinic if we wow. need to. Uh, and some of our attending physicians are willing to see these people and follow up if we need to them to be seen. I, I love it. You know, it's just, it comes from a good place. You're seeing them in, in an environment where they feel comfortable. They're getting the great care that they need. If they need further care, you refer them on to the specialist that would be appropriate. Like, that's amazing. It really is. I, I got to ask you, what, why'd you, why'd you do this? So like, what, what brought you to wanting to participate in such a wonderful endeavor? I mean, I think we all go into medicine for various reasons, but a lot of us go into it to help people uh, and to help alleviate suffering. And I found going through my training, even in medical school and into residency, a lot of the people that were not quite meeting their needs are people who are otherwise underserved, who have poor access to housing, poor access to food or medications. And uh, the way that we practice medicine in an academic center doesn't always fit all of the needs that we need to. Mm-hmm. And so when I learned about this this project, I got involved in, in the beginning of residency as a continuation of things that I was doing in medical school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find this very satisfactory uh, in terms of my own personal happiness and, and wellness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's something that I hope to continue on kind of throughout the rest of my medical training. Awesome. I, and I got to give you some mad props because, you know, residency can be quite daunting and, and busy and you're trying to keep up with, you know, the the biggest and the latest. You're trying to be competitive getting into your, you know, fellowship and you've taken the time, you and others have taken the time to essentially be there for others that, that normally are, you know, underserved or have needs that aren't being addressed. So what you're doing is amazing. I think it's super altruistic. It's, it's a efficient in terms of resources, you know, diverting probably a lot of attention that would go to emerge. Like you're able to see those patients. I love it. Do you think other centers, other cities could be implementing such a program? Do you think it's scalable from what you've experienced? I think definitely. There are definitely already clinics that exist like this throughout Canada, uh, different kind of student-led uh, or resident-driven initiatives that exist. Uh, and most of this is to meet needs that are not otherwise otherwise done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's definitely a very scalable project. It mostly just takes a space, the time, and kind of the the entrepreneurship or the willingness to, to be there and to meet those needs. So it's definitely something that can be uh, expanded upon or created in multiple locations. Awesome. Awesome. Once again, Mariah, thanks so much for doing the show. We really appreciate you taking the time. Where can people contact you if they want to either volunteer for the program or maybe even learn how they could implement that locally at their centers? Yeah. So people can definitely get in touch with me by email. My email is j. H-U-G-H-060 at uottawa.ca. Awesome. 
Awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time again. And thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Amen. Yes. Tell me Mariah and company ain't changing the boogie. No, I'm saying that's fresh. Loving it. Okay. So thanks for listening once again. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Quadcast. You can leave any comments at Quadcast99 at gmail.com. And I just want to make a quick shout out to the team that has grown and has helped produce the show. That's Laura, that's Yasmin, that's Alex, Tanya, Ross, Julia, and Omar. I might be forgetting somebody right now, but honestly, thanks so much for helping produce the show. It's made my life so much more convenient, and you guys have been doing amazing work. Thank you. All right, guys, we're going to see you next week. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.